Hello, everyone. This is Fit in Dallas. I'm your host, Dr. Johnny Earls. Every week, we're going to be exposing you to the best and most exciting opportunities in Dallas that help you to get fit, stay fit, or take your fit life to the next level. Whether you're looking to switch things up, get back into fitness, or upgrade your training, you'll find exclusive deals and hear from some of the most qualified fitness professionals from all over the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. You can email me at john, that's J-O-H-N dot H-F-A-P at gmail.com. Let's go. On today's episode, we have Wayne McCullough joining us. Wayne is a native Texan and Dallasite. After attending the University of Texas in Austin, he went on to work in D.C. before returning to Dallas. Wayne makes his living in finance as president of Benchmark Wealth Management, but that is only one of many arms that Wayne is passionate about. Wayne is co-owner of CrossFit KT in Preston Hollow. He's an avid mentor to the youth and his peers, and as you will hear in the show, he is involved in several community outreach programs. Let's get right into it. All righty, Wayne, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you. Of course. Um, I want to get to know you a little bit today, a little bit about you, about CrossFit KD Trail, and how this whole thing kind of came to fruition. So what do you got for us? Uh, well, who am I? Is uh, I'm a father of three, most importantly, married to Lizzie, uh, on a day-to-day basis for a wealth management firm which consumes a lot of my time, but I do love my work. So that's who I am as a human, is the father, husband, uncle, um, you know, believer of God, which is really I wake up every day and ask God to, uh, to help me become the man he created me to be. Mm-hmm. And that's just the What's that? How old are your children? Uh, we have 16, 14, and 11. Cool. Very cool. We're in the thick of it, but it's it's really good. So, where do you want to start with Katie Trail or? Let's see. Let's go further back. Let's talk about how you kind of got into fitness. Did you play sports in high school? What happened there? Yeah, that's a great question. Yes, I did. I played sports from you know an early age on. Whenever you could play sports, you know, pee wee soccer up through high school football, and that was really it after that. But played football, focused on football. Um, really six through high school mm-hmm. and then went off to college, the University of Texas and just did that. But yeah, I was, I was, um, you know, a lean kid, um, athletic, really loved the camaraderie of sports more than anything is the, is the irony of getting across it because if you really begin to understand it, why the fitness and health is really important. It's really, um, the community that drives everything. Right. It's it's why the, the big boxes and the Globo gyms are struggling to some extent, I believe, is, you know, there's a search for community in the world and it's going away from the from the mega boxes. Right. So um, accountability, et cetera, et cetera. So but yeah, um, you know, played intramurals in, in college and I'd say to the 20s was lost fitness wise, especially, you know, 21 to uh it's hard for me to pinpoint even, you know, early thirties, um, you know, just, just no direction, didn't understand nutrition at all. Um, and, and probably lack of motivation. I would work out here and there, but, you know, it was just kind of the, the pudgy guy that, um, you know, just didn't understand. And frankly, I wasn't that healthy. Um, I probably thought I was a little bit, but I'm going to, 
for for your listeners, which they won't be able to see, I'm gonna hold up a picture of me that was like, I don't know, that was, you know, you keep your heavy picture around. I say festively plump. <laughs> Probably at about 200 pounds. And I'm guessing I was late 20s. Um, and I've just told somebody the other day, the 47-year-old the, the version of myself would literally dominate any version of myself even probably at 18 mm. playing high school football maybe not speed wise but every every other way and that's and so i, I just encourage people with that you do not have to go backwards yep. right? if you don't follow mark sisson mark's daily apple who's one of the premier paleo um, minds and and um, functional fitness and um, ancestral nutrition and look at that guy i don't know how old he is 58, 60, and you can see that you can be physically fit in your 60s. So, but the path was, uh, you know, I just kind of got lost there. And then I did decide one day to run a marathon. And that was based on a nonprofit I was involved with. And I wanted to raise money for that nonprofit called the Ride School of Dallas. Uh, I was president of the, non, of the nonprofit arm, the, the fundraising arm. And I, I, I bet I false started training for a marathon 10 times i'd run three or four miles then try to run and then just just flame out mm -hmm. really though i did um i found a, a website hal higdon that had a great training program that was easy to stay to and i did it and i ran a marathon and so that began a little bit of that motivation of trying to do something a little more extreme and so i did i ran that marathon and then i did run another i ran san diego first one was new york no, it was first one San Diego and then New York. Um, but it became evident to me that that wasn't, that's not a great path either, right? I mean, it's, you know, you can get fit, but not necessarily. And then there's a lot of running and a lot of grinding. And so um, I'll, I'll pause there, but that, that began some, that was probably at 30. I have the pictures on my desk, so I'm trying to figure that out. That was probably at 30 or so that kind of began that positive, that positive momentum. So that's kind of like the decline of the jolly age. The, yeah. I mean, like the uh, the picture you just showed me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's pretty relatable. You know, plenty of people have the aspirations of I want to run a marathon, I want to get fit, but they do the same thing. You know, they run two, three miles. They're like, wow, that actually, that's terrible. I don't want to do that. They go a couple of weeks and then the fire comes back. They want to run again. So I know what you mean. Uh, how did you get into CrossFit specifically? Yeah, so, uh, gosh. I mean, it, I'll tell you, I was at, I was at um, the beach in Florida with my family in the summer. And um, a buddy of mine, Travis Briggs' brother, had been doing CrossFit to one of the really early gyms out of Tulsa. Or it was coming to Tulsa. Nonetheless, I'm in, I'm in Florida at Ponte Vedra. Um, yeah, we were taking a break from the beach and I was checking emails and Travis sends me this email and it's, it's funny. It was a real grainy video. Um, I, I swear, I, I think the song Creep by Radiohead was playing in the background and, and there's basically a guy running on a treadmill and like drinking a Gatorade and something along the lines like he, he, throws the Gatorade down and, and it's just exasperated with the treadmill and gets off and goes over and starts doing like burpees and, you know, chest to bar pull-ups. And, and it, 
just was it was a motivational video and then it kind of walked through what crossfit was but i loved it because it was real grainy like somebody had leaked this to the internet yeah. uh, and i'd never even heard of it travis travis briggs said hey this discipline's coming to dallas these guys are going to be over on dyer street it was crossfit central um who to my knowledge was the first gym in Dallas Fort Worth area and they were like 330th or 350th in in the US um, and so when I got back you know I, I didn't Spencer Nix and Sam Nix ran it at the time they still run it but they were the only two owners and so I uh, I I guess I emailed Spencer and said I'd like to come in he's you know so show up and I, I went to the five 30 class and I remember it was cold like really cold because I'd waited until December I'd gone through the summer and waited until December to go and it was in the 20s and I picked up buddy Stuart Campbell who I used to run with and um but I didn't tell him where we were going I said it's got a surprise for you this morning so we show up at this little I'd never seen anything like a dump right I mean hence why they call it a box it was literally a metal building and I'm coming from you know the equinoxes of the world and so go in there and the bottom line is we do a very dynamic warm-up and i remember stuart was like sucking wind after the warm-up uh but we went through a workout stuart and i still try to remember what it is all i know is that he was literally laying on the ground you know holding onto the earth for dear life and i'd never been through something like that and, and i remember thinking that was 13 minutes of the most torture i've ever been through uh but it felt so good and that that really began to pass so i just started attending uh crossfit central cfdc as they go by um and i, I mean i don't know where i fall in the line i was probably the that was that would have been 10 or 11 years ago and i i, I was probably the, the top 20 members that have joined i mean there's only 15 or 20 of us in the early days maybe one of the first 10 but uh, it, it was became an addiction though that's what's crazy right and i was in okay shape i was athletic but that that crossfit 100 percent began to transition to um pursue fitness and health at a much higher level mm -hmm. someone says that, that you get the competitive spirit it brings back um you want to get good at movements so i wanted to learn to do you know it took me three years to do proper giving pull-ups um double unders right you have to dedicate yourself to things and if you're going to the timeout tavern every night that's fine um it's just not going to work right um, so it really began a positive momentum in my life it really did i can relate to that for certain when i started crossfit um i couldn't squat i was i just graduated physical therapy school and so i was supposed to be you know this this person who's telling people how to move and why movement's good for them. I go into CrossFit the first day and I couldn't squat to 90. You know, my hips pinched so bad, my calves were so tight. So it really exposed a lot of my own discrepancies. And you know, the workout itself, when you push yourself to your limits, you do learn a lot about yourself. So right. I know what you mean, and it definitely is taking a taking me on that same turn for fitness. How did the how'd you get involved with CrossFit Katie Trail? So um you know, that, I mean, it all began with Central, right? So I always give those guys a ton of respect. I mean, they got me to the fit, they got me interested, got my fit level. Really, uh, the 
it's the, the simple or Reader's Digest version is I was jogging on the Katy Trail one time and I noticed that the CrossFit gym on the Katy Trail, there was a little gym that was literally on the trail. It faced the trail, it was probably 1,200 square feet. It, it was closing. Um, and it wasn't due to failure, it was due to they, they were the back end of a restaurant and they were repurposing a whole piece of real estate. Mm-hmm. So um, that was closing. I grabbed my buddy Jared Kovitz and said, hey, let's go run the trail. There's a gym closing on the trail and there's not gonna be much time till somebody else hops in here and does one, right? And the Katy Trail at the time was beginning to really flourish. And as you know now, it's, you know, it's basically a kind of a, a beacon of fitness. Um, so we, you know, began to just search the area and, and scoured and scoured till we find a spot on the Katy Trail. So for those listeners that aren't local, the Katy Trail is an old railroad track uh, that has been uh, turned into a basically a you know, world-class running path and there's very very little real estate that you can develop or use along it but we we found a, a very unique spot half a block from the Katy Trail so then I went to Spencer and um, Sam Nick's brothers from CFTC and told them that we have an idea would you guys like to come in with this? We can pull the financing together. We can uh, take down a lease, and then you guys can help ro- write programming and coach. And so that was the that was the um, metamorphosis of it. And then it, it was just based on you know want want to take some of my philosophy and and my belief into into a gym, which is you know spirit, mind, and body. Um, I probably in our programming right now at CrossFit, we call it CrossFit KT now, just just for reference, because we're on the Katy Trail anymore, which we can get into in a little bit. But was you know you can't it, well you 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 know what you do for a living. If you're hurt, you can't. It takes you out of the game, right? So, I mean the whole the whole point of being CrossFit really for everybody has their reasons. Um, I'd say mental health meaning, you know, free therapy in the version of a workout. Um, I would say the connectivity. I would say to look good. People say what they want, but they want to look good. They'd like to possibly see their abs or pecs or, or um, again. And then um, also to be healthy. But I always say if you're hurt all the time, then you aren't healthy. That's just <laughs> the reality. Not that healthy people can't get hurt. So. I think our current programming, um, and always has been, especially under Joe Ramazadan, you know, we don't have a lot of injuries in our gym, right? Now, we also have a discipline called fitness where you don't ever pick up a barbell, which can help in some cases too, right? It keeps the less advanced athletes from doing, you know, 25 snatches, right? Um, which is dumbbells only, dumbbell kettlebell only so right it's really body weight and dumbbell kettlebell focused so i mean outside of dropping a dumbbell on your foot it, it's hard to to injure yourself with dumbbells right it can happen nonetheless the point being is i've always believed in you know there's an epidemic of shoulder surgeries and that have gone around the crossfit community that's not nece- completely necessary now a lot of that the athletes have to check themselves which they aren't always great at but so yes. so yeah, the, you go at the door Right. So that was the path and was really just the, first of all, identify an opportunity to gap 
and then um you know believing that there is uh, really for me it was always about changing people's lives and that's what i love um that's a, I spend a lot of time in in what i would call uh oh discipleship and mentoring of, of men and so it just spoke to me in that way as well yeah so i'm glad that you brought up programming because crossfit gets a bad rap because of what people would call overtraining or programming in and of itself crossfit is so varied that there is the you, you have to build the skills in order to perform the movements so like you mentioned the snatch that's a very high level skill it's not like you know i hey i work out i can snatch mm. it doesn't work like that you need a ton of different mobility and motor control patterns to be able to snatch what happens with crossfit gyms that get a bad rap is they don't take the necessary progressions to build them up into a snatch. You know, they get big classes, they get coaches that are so-so in their supervision. And I'm not sure if that really leads to more injuries, but it does lead to more complaints. I've been in gyms where people were getting overtrained and people were moving like garbage and they weren't getting coached out of it. And I've been in gyms where people were immediately told, hey, drop that weight or hey, switch that barbell out for a PVC, do something that's gonna make you successful. And that's one of the things I noticed when I was at CrossFit KT is that Joe was very much observational on every single athlete that was out there. And he knew already, and I was in a pretty small class, there was like 13 of us, but he knew the people who needed more guidance, and he was over there more often. So I I do appreciate when a a gym like CrossFit KT that is smarter about their programming and more observational with their coaching. Yeah. Now, you also brought up um, your social efforts, and I wanted to talk to you about that too because I did hear about – hear about that on the Jake Thompson Compete Every Day podcast, and I thought that was pretty interesting. So I won't make you go through the whole big, long story that you put through on the Compete Every Day podcast. I'll direct listeners over to that one, but I do want to get that out there. So tell me about The Hearts of Men. Okay, yeah. The Heart of Man is a a film project that I was involved with as an executive producer. Um, You know, the genesis of that, it's funny when I look at it in in the arc of it, it's similar. It's just what kind of man did I want to become? And I'd say to my twenties, look, I, I mean, I was a nice guy and everything, but you know, this, this wasn't a path that I wanted to continue down. So, um, a gentleman named Doug Hudson really spoke into my life and effectively, you know, called me out to to really become, you know, the man that I that that I could be in God's image. So, um, that began a process of. You know, soul searching and then just just digging deeper on um faith and and that that really includes the whole transformation today which includes meditation journaling um et cetera et cetera but the heart of man was a project that would the however people look at life sovereignty the uh hold on one second wayne you're breaking up a little bit providence oh. faith um, the fact that this film got it. All right, you're good. Okay, got me. Yeah, so I heard sovereignty. Oh, now we're breaking up again. Okay, good. Go. I'm here. Gotcha. I think we're good. I think we're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. I got it. Okay. Okay. I think we're good too. 
So your I heard last thing I heard clearly was sovereignty. Yeah, so sovereignty, uh, providence, fate, however you want to look at it. But the fact that this opportunity to produce this film came across my desk is 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 amazing, really. Uh, the bottom line of it is um, I'll fast forward through it, but Lizzie's my wife's little sister was living in our back house in an internship for um, a group called Pure Hope. And they are involved in really raising the family, raising and educating children in what they what we would consider an over-sexualized culture. Right. So um, there's nothing wrong with beauty. There's wrong with the misrepresentation of beauty and the distortion of beauty. Right. I mean, I'll show my girls a beauty magazine at, at the grocery store and say, you know, be clear, no one looks like that. Right. Um, and then if you want to extrapolate that all the way to, you know, pornography, um, even let's call it, you know, videography, pornography, no one that is not a real representation of what sex looks like either. Right. Or more or, or what a woman looks like, it, you know, that in that particular case. And I'm not condemning or shaming anyone, by the way, because I'll end with a statement on that. But it's just not it sets up unexpected real expectations for men of what women look like and oftentimes what they'll do. Right. Um, and so but none of this had been framed in my mind this way. So Jewel introduced me to Noble Shea. No, no. Um, so through his group, Pure Hope, they have a nonprofit. They educate people once again, um, helping raise a family, a healthy family and an over-sexualized culture and ways to deal with that. So remember, you know, when I was a kid, and we did, I'll admit it, we would dig through alleys for Playboys, right? I mean, for whatever we'd get our hands on. Well, my son's 14, he's got a supercomputer in his hand, yeah. right? He's three clicks away from really, well, he's one click away from really bad stuff, two or three away from really, really bad stuff. So um, basically, Noel had met a, a guy named um, Tony Anderson in Kentucky who had drafted a short film that was about four minutes, basically taking on human sexual trafficking and the brokenness of men. Eric Esau and Jason Pamer in Seattle had made a film called Rape for Profit. You can find it on iTunes. Went to number ones in iTunes downloads, uh, executive produced by Jada Pinkett Smith. Noel brought those two guys, three guys together and said, hey, I think you guys can make a film together based on Tony's short. And it was called um, Unearth. Okay. And then what they, they began to realize that okay, we don't want to just focus this on human sexual trafficking. Tony had been out for two years. They, these young guys are insane. They've been out for two years, traveling the world in HD camera and kicking in brothel doors and filming it and you know trying to expose what was happening in the trafficking world um he literally almost got killed by the russian mob in moscow it's a very russia's a very dangerous place um and just the stories are, are just nuts but what bottom line is tony came back got quiet for a year did not talk about anything he did and had this dream that was this film short that came out he basically realized I can kick all the brothel doors down the world, but I have to change the heart of men, right? I have to deal with the with this demand to take care of the supply, right? 
So that began his journey to get this film made, brought those guys in. Uh, I watched that clip of Tony's and called Noel Boucher and just said, and I didn't know, I didn't know Noel from anybody. I said, you don't know me, but that film has to get made. That needs to be made. I mean, it struck me at my core. And in Knox, I was addicted. I mean, I tell you, I mean, I'm beyond um, transparency. I mean, I wasn't addicted to pornography or anything, but it just, it just hit so home on the brokenness that's out there. And so I said, get those guys to Dallas. We met in my conference room, and basically, I said, let's go. I'll, I'll I think that the the crossroads come through Dallas. We can get a lot of money raised. Let's go do this. And that. Um, and, and that was the beginning of it. And so it, on, a, on a fitness note, um, I decided that, you know, I needed to do something to really put myself on the line and jumpstart the money raising. So outside of going to some very key friends, James Treyweek and Emily Treyweek being one, I decided that I would run an ultra marathon to raise money for the film. So I uh, ran uh, and I raised money for, for the film and for another nonprofit called the Momentous Institute or the Seldomship Club that I'm involved with. So it just showed the commitment. First of all, it gave the film a lot of exposure. I must have emailed it to a thousand people. And then I ran from Crest Butte to Aspen, um, called the Grand Traverse, 43 mile race. And I mean, that was a big dedication in my life because it was not easy at all. But, and I raised a ton of money for the film. But I would have never been able to do that without CrossFit training, frankly. Yeah. So that, that's incredible, Wayne. And I think we could probably talk for hours at length about you know, why these things happen in our society. But I think it's pretty clear that it is a series of micro exposures. You know, you, you get exposed to one thing, you become desensitized. The next level thing happens, you become desensitized. And it gets to a point where what is right and wrong becomes pretty gray for a lot of people. And while you probably don't expect to get a moral sense of being from your gym, you know, it is, you are a product of the people that you're around. So if you hang out with a lot of people who like to do shady things, eventually you're going to become a shadier and shadier person. But if you go to a community gathering and you, you talk about things that are, I don't want to say the right way, but a way to behave and belong in society that is productive. You're the average of the of the five people you spend the most time with. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's funny. Yeah, the CrossFit thing is very true, right? Like it's funny. Lizzie used to come in, and um, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a laptop," and and like I'd shut it. She's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "Tipping pull-ups." <laughs> you know, CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Up with the CrossFit videos." But it is. I always call, um, you know, 19th hole is, is a place where people gather in a country club and drink and all that, which is fine. I mean, I, I go to a club and do that. But I would call um, CrossFit or CrossFit KT. It's like a healthy 19th hole. Right. So. Um, but yes, the, to, for the film, it, it can be checked out. We just we just rolled off. Uh, we just rolled off a Netflix, but are on basically anywhere you can download it. So. Cool. Yeah, YouTube, Google, uh, Apple, et cetera. Say that again. Say that one more time. You can find it where? You can find it anywhere you can download effectively, but not, not, we're off, we're off. We just, Netflix runs you for a certain period of time. So we had about a year run on Netflix. Gotcha. It's the Heart of Man is the heart, name of the film. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to post that in the show notes so that people can click the link there on the website. YouTube, Red, you know, basically you can get it anywhere yeah. outside of Netflix right now. Uh, How long is the film? Is it is it like a few minutes long? Because I did watch one after listening to Jake Thompson's podcast. With you. No, it's a feature-length film, right? So we released in... I watched the show then. We, we released in 1,200 theaters, sold out both nights, um, then took it, it was sold out both nights, then had a third release, then took it back private, then took it worldwide. I mean, it's been seen all over the world. So we sold out 1,200 theaters in America. That's incredible. It's incredible. These three guys are like the Beatles of evangelism. I've never met anybody like them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Wayne, I'm... Y- y- you're a good person to talk to. Certainly, any young person would be lucky to be around you and and experience your mentorship. So, I can't say enough about CrossFit Katie Trail for not only the programming and the community, but from the people that they house inside and the people that own the place. So, I'm a huge fan of you guys. I really am. And I'll be up at some point again. Um, it's kind of hectic getting depressed and hollow. I feel like I only have free time during like, during rush hour, and that place gets mobbed. But but yeah, man, I thank you so much for your time, too. Thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else you want to say before we, before we end? I mean, I, you know, I, do, I just want to encourage people. So, you know, I run a full-time wealth management practice that takes up a lot of time. I love it. But you can do other things in your life to affect impact. You know, be there another small business. I just encourage entrepreneurship. Um, I had a, heard a great quote the other day. You can never become the person God intended you to be if you fear people. Mm. Great quote. And then um, I had a friend really inquiring about CrossFit. So I'm going to, I'll leave you with a couple quotes because I sent him these. I was really trying to encourage him to come. And look, whether you go to CrossFit, this is just your audience. One of my favorite things is, and this was a CrossFit change for me. You know, people say, I don't want to, just working out is tough. I don't have an hour to go to the gym. I'd make the greatest infomercial of all time. I'd say, okay, Get up, maybe go down to your den in your boxers, touch your toes like five times and do five burpees, right? And then each day I want you to add one so you're at 50 burpees. You don't need to go anywhere. Remember, CrossFit was founded on, on an open architecture platform. That was Glassman's whole deal. Still is. You could go to the main page every day. And I did still. I mean, possibly if I ever ran a gym again and downsized, I would get a thousand square foot place. People could come in as they'd like and just do the uh, main page workout. Yep. So, um, but from, from my friends at CrossFit Austin Central, our belief is simple. If you give the body what it needs, the body has a miraculous ability to adapt and progress. Our bodies will become stronger, healthier, leaner, and more fit if we commit ourselves to an intelligent approach. I believe we have a very intelligent approach. This is, now, this is simple, simple yet profound. This is from Greg Glassman, the founder of Uh, CrossFit, and I'll leave you with this quote, do functional movement at an intensity that is at a match for your psychological and physical tolerance. Restrict your carbs, get adequate protein, enjoy fats, and see what happens. You'll come out better. It's not rocket science, right? It's just just not. Um, So there you go. Um, yeah, Yeah, you're doing some great work too, so Appreciate you trying to keep people healthy. That's the goal. As long as people want to be, they can get there. Get them back in the game. Yeah. All right, Wayne. Well, have a good rest of your day, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.
This episode is brought to you by Human Function and Performance, Dallas's premier location for physical therapy. Be sure to subscribe and tune in for our next Fit in Dallas.